It's Thursday, May 16th, and this is TikTok. A big hello to all of our listeners. I'm Andrew Mock, and this is your TikTok podcast with all the global news you need to know. Today, Trump's immigration sales pitch. The president made a Rose Garden speech to roll out his new immigration plan, which was crafted by his son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner. No matter where in the world you are born, no matter who your relatives are, if you want to become an American citizen, it will be clear exactly what standard we ask you to achieve. The administration is hoping to overhaul the current U.S. immigration system and turn it into a merit-based one that prioritizes visas for high-skilled workers, secures the southern border, and potentially generates an estimated $500 billion in net federal revenue. Joining me now to discuss Trump's immigration overhaul plan is Justin Sink. He's a White House reporter for Bloomberg News in Washington, D.C. Justin, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So to start, what is in Trump's proposal to revamp the U.S. immigration system? So I think there's sort of two main pillars to look at. One is the sort of border security elements, which include, you know, new funding for the border wall that the president often talks about, uh, but also kind of setting up a system where an, an increase in fees on sort of visas and, and other um, things that are collected by the Department of Homeland Security would set up a fund that would consistently fund port of entry improvements. So screenings for drugs and for people who are coming across the border illegally uh, for smuggling that's, that's happening at these port, ports of entry. So that's sort of one chunk of it is the border security element of it. The other chunk is kind of complete overhaul of how visas are handed out to those who are entering the country legally. So right now, uh, about two-thirds of people who come in to the U.S. with a green card come in because they've got family members. They've got some sort of connection, an aunt, an uncle, a, a brother, a sister, a mom, dad, to somebody who's already a U.S. citizen. Under the new system, the government would kind of assign points based on a whole range of things, whether you're proficient in English, whether you've got a bachelor degree, whether you have undergone technical training, if you have a job that pays a certain salary already set up in the U.S. And, uh, you know, that would replace a lot of the existing sort of ways to get in. So you'd see an increase in high-skilled immigrants coming to the U.S., but a decrease in those who have family connections, people who are coming in as, as refugees or as part of efforts to sort of boost the, the diversity of, of immigrants coming into the U.S. So it's a shift from a family-based plan to a merit-based one. How would this stack up against other countries? It's pretty similar to immigration systems that you see in countries like Canada, Australia, the UK, and, and White House officials who helped draft this plan say that that's where they got their uh, inspiration from. And so, you know, that that is sort of the analog that you can point to. But at the same time, obviously, there's big differences between the U.S. and smaller countries. The U.K. specifically is tough to kind of point to because in, up until Brexit happens, they obviously have immigration and workflows uh, with the European Union that, that the United States doesn't share. Now, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said today that there's nothing in the plan that Democrats should take issue with. I suspect that's not how <laughs> Democrats are taking it. What are they saying about it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously broad opposition to this plan, if only because it was something that came out of the Trump White House. But in in terms of specific policies, I think there's a real concern about the efforts to limit those who come in to the country as protected refugees, as part of this diversity lottery system that exists right now. This is an effort to bring in and make sure that folks from countries that don't have the same system set up to help get people to the U.S. can get here. So those are, are, are two issues that exist right off the bat. But there's also just a broader concern about removing the ability of families to sort of stay together by being able to bring your extended family to the U.S. and the sort of support system that exists inherently when, uh, you know, one family member sponsors another to come immigrate here. So now Trump's plan is meant to be sort of a rallying call for the Republican Party. So aside from Democrats, what are Republicans saying about it? You know, Republicans have remained mostly quiet about this. We've heard from Lindsey Graham already, who said that the president's proposal has good elements to it, but that he's going to have to bring Democrats to the table. And so because this doesn't include any sort of grappling with individuals who are in the country illegally, and specifically the the so-called dreamers, who are folks who were brought here illegally as children, but have established lives here, it's going to be hard to get Democrats to the table to sort of talk about these proposals. It also doesn't include, I think, a lot of programs to deal with the sort of surge of migration that we've seen at the southern border. Uh, The White House and Democrats have radically different ideas about how to handle that, with the White House kind of favoring draconian lockdown the border measures and Democrats instead looking to pour aid into the Central American countries where a lot of those migrants come from but also still allow for refugee claims at the border. And so without dealing with those big stumbling block issues ahead of time, it seems really unlikely that despite what Sarah Sanders might predict, Democrats are going to buy into this plan. And I think the Lindsey Graham element is sort of an interesting thread here because, as you said, he unveiled his own plan yesterday uh, and says that the Kushner plan, Trump's plan that he introduced today, is, isn't meant to become law, but his is. I wonder, in your opinion, what does that say about the issue of immigration as it stands within the Republican Party. I think what Lindsey Graham is pointing to and something that we've heard from White House officials here is that, uh, you know, the administration is really trying to change the narrative around immigration. President Trump, um, I think, is widely perceived as as not just favoring harsher enforcement of immigration laws, but being anti-immigrant based on uh, remarks that he's made and, and policies that he's pursued. And that's something that I think Republicans and the White House itself perceive as a vulnerability going into 2020. Um, They're going to have to win over not just a a more diverse group of voters, but even some of the president's own base of support or moderates in the the suburb in the swing purple states that we talk about a lot. To do that, he's he's likely going to have to convince folks that, in fact, he does support some level of immigration, that he is not determined to to not allow anybody into the country. And so this is a way that the White House hopes that Republicans kind of rally around a positive, forward-looking change to the immigration law that isn't a, a rehashing of you know, the fight over the border wall, which shut down the government for 35 days and, and raised a lot of tough political questions for them, is in a rehash of the you know emergency order that the president took that was highly controversial because it seemed to kind of circumvent Congress. And so, uh, you know, this is a, a chance, although not one that, that Republican lawmakers have so far seemed eager to grasp for them to sort of unify around a, a different type of messaging on immigration. So moving forward, what are this plan's chances of passing in Congress? I think it's fairly low. There's, you know, Democrats control the House of Representatives and have shown little inclination to, to pick up any part of this. 
uh, even Republicans are showing some hesitation. But it's possible that this could be a marker, you know, if Donald Trump wins re-election and Republicans sweep in, this could be a policy that he moves quickly to enact uh, upon re-election. It could also be part of the negotiations for a broader comprehensive bill. It's, it's something obviously lawmakers have been working on for you know decades at this point and unable to get across the finish line. But uh, one would think that it's at some point that policy might come into to fruition. And I think the hope among people at the White House is that, that the, the proposal that the president rolled out is going to be folded into those broader talks. All right. Justin Sink, Bloomberg News White House reporter in Washington, D.C. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Turning now to other news of the day, here's what's happening. China has threatened to retaliate against U.S. sanctions seen as an attempt to restrict international trade by China's largest technology company, Huawei. Yesterday, the White House initiated a two-pronged assault on China, barring companies deemed a national security threat from selling to the U.S. and threatening to blacklist Huawei from buying gear. If it follows through, the move could cripple the company and potentially disrupt the rollout of critical 5G wireless networks around the world. The spokesman for China's foreign ministry, Gang Shuang, said today that Chinese companies should not be prevented from operating in the U.S. We urge the U.S. to stop cracking down on Chinese companies on the pretext of security issues and to provide a fair, equitable, and non-discriminatory environment for Chinese companies' operations in the U.S. Bill de Blasio, New York City's two-term mayor, jumped into the crowded 2020 Democratic presidential race this morning, becoming the 23rd active candidate in the race. In a three-minute video, he rolled out his slogan, Working People First, and argued there's plenty of money in America, it's just in the wrong hands. In his first interview today on Good Morning America, he said he can beat President Trump because he's bested him in court and understands, quote, how to take on a New York bully. Right now, the federal government is not on the side of working people. And that's because Donald Trump is playing a big con on America. I call him Con Don. Every New Yorker knows he's a con artist. We know his tricks. We know his playbook. I know how to take him on. I've been watching him for decades. He's trying to convince working Americans he's on their side. It's been a lie from day one. And finally, Selena Gomez may be the third most followed person on Instagram, but that didn't stop her from sharing her comments about the effects of social media on her generation. While promoting her upcoming film, The Dead Don't Die, at the Cannes Film Festival, she was asked what she thinks the most pressing issue is when it comes to our planet. Here's how the 26-year-old responded. Social media has really been terrible for my generation. It does scare me when you see how exposed that these young girls and young boys are, and They're not really aware of the news or anything going on. I think it's dangerous for sure. I don't think people are getting the right information sometimes. That's your TikTok update for Thursday. You can learn more about all of these stories everywhere we are. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check us out on Instagram at TikTok. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Mock, and be sure to download the TikTok podcast every day for all the global news you need to know.